0: I mean, he looked good early. He had that one first pitch slider, got hit out of the park. Um, it just wasn't his day. I don't, I don't, I think he was okay, but yeah, didn't get away, with, didn't get away with anything that, that went in. But, like you
1: said, he looked really sharp
0: in the first two innings. Did you see anything different about him after that? No, I just made the one pitch, but home run was give me a said, that doesn't hit. get hit out of the park. <clears throat> He missed a little bit. <clears throat> you know, the uh, Garcia heard us all night. So I mean, it's just not a good game to talk about. It. When a team gets two hits, one of them's an infield hit. It always, I mean, you've seen this many times. It always looks flat, right? Are you okay with intensity approach and all of that? Well, I mean, we were taking our swings. Up. I don't think we're real happy with our plate discipline. But, I mean, they weren't trying. You, know, you can try, but then you got it. This league got executed. So, you know, we chased. And, you know, Frank kept telling us to get the ball up. And uh, we kept swinging the ball down. And he had good movement. He made pitches. He had ahead to count. And did the things he's supposed to do to get people out.
1: you talked about the chase a number of times this season. I mean, can it? Can it be adjusted at this point? I mean, you've seen
0: it adjusted yeah. in small doses, but not in something yeah, like No, just keep working on it. Yeah, you, you can fix it. Man, because we've done it at times. Just have to stay on it. Have it cured each other. You know what happened that Exchange between you. Yeah, I think the, the, his, his swing nipped. Yeah, we weren't happy about that.
2: Tammy and Xander on ESPN 1000. Brian, did you hear that Tony actually made a comment about plate discipline? It seems to me that might be the first time I heard him really acknowledge it in in, in such an obvious way.
3: You know, he said, Frank, uh, the hitting
2: coach. Yeah, Medicino, but, yeah. Yeah, kept
3: telling us to get the ball up. You know why? Because if you get the ball up, it can go out. No, home runs
2: do not matter. Don't you say? Well, the hits do.
3: Um, And he said, but we kept swinging at the ball down. Yep. And and Dane Dunning, you know, he he gave Dane Dunning the
2: uh, you know Hall of Fame induction right there. I mean, God bless him. This is a Dane Dunning revenge game. And he showed he had a decent game, but he did not. uh, The Sox helped him in his success by not performing.
3: And he said it wasn't much of a game to talk about. And when you get two hits against that team and and you get you know nothing to show for it and you've scored four runs in three games, it's not much of a series to talk about. But the fact of the matter is, Kopech did take 38 pitches in the third inning, right? Right. And, and, and that's
2: and, another thing, too. His first two innings were fine, yeah, you know, good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, I have people here watching me. I have family here now. It affects me in the third inning. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't. I didn't like hearing what I could actually make out from him in the post game at all. Wouldn't that impact you in the first inning? That's that's nervous? exactly my point. Did you look up and see mom
3: and dad sitting in the tenth row of the box seats in the third inning? They, they were they late arriving? Well, it's I mean, a lame
2: excuse in the first place oh, for a right. professional athlete. But the, but then to say then to say that that was actually a thing when you had a, a, a first couple innings were solid. No.
3: Well, Paulie our caller said things have to be perfect and other people have you know allege that with with Copac and and Sully just said it until he starts going beyond 5 innings and they you know they take the kid gloves off you yeah. you don't know how good he's got the stuff he's you know he's he's been very good at times um but Until he gets six or seven innings on a regular, but is that
2: but but Brian is that is that a factor of him just over pitching and not being able to get there, or do they still have the governor on him, so to speak, and they won't let him go to? I don't think that that's the case. I think the kid gloves are off. He's just not able to pitch an effective game to get deep into a game like a Johnny Cueto. They have a guy on the staff that shows them the path to getting deep into a game. Right. And that's not and, striking everybody out.
3: Well, and look, Kopac is twenty-six, and and, and thirty-seven. You do well, Michael Kopac, to to pay attention and start taking note, you know, notes with Johnny Quato and his approach. And everybody should have been doing to, that
2: uh, a few months ago.
3: You're right. I mean, that's a professional, okay, mm. and that's a guy. Maybe at this point in his career, he's still hungry and he's still trying to, you know, get whatever last drops out of that career, and he's motivated. But you're twenty-six, and you haven't become. You're, you're still on the path, and, and I'm with Sully. I don't think they're trading him, but I mean, he's still going to be a starter for the White Sox moving forward. And will he ever be the ace? And, you know, yesterday I know our Twitter poll was 83% said that the White Sox have a better rotation, and Dylan Cease accounts for most of that. But mm-hmm. Giolito, don't know what you have here. Uh, you know, Lynn is getting up there as we talked. i Stroman, Steele, Thompson, and if they went out and got Carlos Rodon, I, I you know, I like the Cubs' chances of, of being a better rotation. But if they because... got
2: Rodon, yeah, that would make a, a, a yeah. lot of difference. Now back to Cueto for a second. Right now, here's a guy who he gets scored on, he finds his way onto trouble. As long as he has run support, and he hasn't always had that, but on his own individual performance, he gets into trouble, he gets himself out of trouble. He goes deep into games. These are all things, as you mentioned, the other pitchers should be noticing. And I hope Ethan Katz has been drawing those comparisons and pointing those things out. Because, again, coaching is part of Major League Baseball. I mean, you I, get there, and you should know how to do everything. But it seems as though sometimes this team is not the coaches aren't reinforcing things that you should be doing in the field. Like uh, Yohan Mankata last night didn't get in front of a of a, um, a hit to him. You know, he tried to take a a, a hop right to his left, and right. he and he had an error. And again, that's that's league
3: stuff. That's Can't literally stuff
2: that, yeah. as a coach, I don't care if they're making multiple million dollars a year, you should be able to go up to them without them getting, uh, you know, hurt and say, hey, you got to get in front of that ball. Well, a couple things. I I would like
3: to see it that way. I cover Greg Maddox and the young pitchers on that Cubs team. And I think it was last year uh, with the Cubs before he ended up in Atlanta and had a, you know, tremendous career there. Mm. Um, They were smart enough. It it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to execute it, but they were most of them were smart enough to want to sit next to him when he was charting pitches the start before the day before he was gonna start. And just glean whatever knowledge they could from that guy. And when when someone like that's available, when when you have a veteran presence like that, you better be smart enough to to wanna be the sponge, right? And be as close to that and and it doesn't mean you're gonna be have Greg Maddox dial and, and his ability to, to you know move the ball two inches off the plate and get the call and all that. But don't think you have it
2: figured out, right? Okay? Because you can throw 105 or whatever it is. Don't, 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 don't be That was, about it. that was Kopeck early on where you just yeah. thought he can blow everybody away and he, you it know, obviously caused some way. arm. Right. There, there is a great amount of finesse in this game as a pitcher. You need to be able to do that and you need to be able to adjust when you don't have your stuff anymore and let the players, you know, pitch to, pitch to contact and let your field. Yeah, you know your fielders take care of business. Dean is on the line. He's in Lyle. Wants to jump in on ESPN One Thousand. Good morning, Dean. What's up?
1: Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, actually, after listening to all these things, I, I could talk about just about everything from plate discipline to divas to <laughs> my God, it's a uh, lot to everything. talk about, Dean. A lot to talk. <laughs> it about. is. I almost lost my train of thought, but anyway, here's here's the thing. Uh, you got a two to one game that we win. In Texas, mm-hmm. it's the top of the eighth, and I think Aloy gets a hit, and Larusa decides to pinch run with Pollock instead of Angle, and I'm 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 going. This just doesn't make any sense because Angle is like the Billy Hamilton. Angle comes in late in the game. He'll steal a base, maybe even two. I mean, is mm-hmm. that good?
2: Yeah,
1: and then he's your defensive replacement. So Larusso has Pollock pinch run. Pollock takes off on a hit and run. He's, he, it's, a, it's a strike. him' out. Throw him out. Double play. And I'm just, I'm like, what is, what's going on? It, it made no sense.
3: And that's when Stoney yeah. was saying, well, someone missed the sign, right? If yeah, either, yeah, that was either, a mistake,
2: right? He yeah. said someone it, missed it, the it, sign. Yeah,
1: but it doesn't matter, right? Engel should have been the guy running, and I'm mean, Engel should have been the guy pinch running. It doesn't matter whether he missed the sign or didn't miss the sign. The yes, fact was, is, right. Engel was the guy to go in for that replacement. Yeah, you're not wrong. The other, I mean, the other thing, I, I, Mankata, thirteen point eight, and the guy's hitting under two hundred. He's flashy. Don't don't get me wrong. He's going yellow. He's going fluorescent green. Whatever the case might be, <laughs> it's going up. <laughs> this by, guy's, it
3: goes up to seventeen million next 17, year. Seventeen, so,
1: yeah. and then twenty five yeah. uh, oh, for boy. his option, in twenty twenty five, which is in, in, insane. Last point, really quick, guys, plate discipline. How can this team dismantle Verlander early in the year? Going the other way, middle out. Now, anytime he throws a slider against these guys, especially a right-hander, everything is out around. Everything yep. they're just they're just rolling over everything, mm-hmm. and that's a matter of they're pressing. Bring up Colas. That's the other last point. They need a spark. Bring in Colas. Bring back burger. I'll for Colas. Colas. Yeah. A- uh, burgers Colas are burger is rehabbing. Bring in Chase Bright. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Burger Sorry. is. Uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Tom, uh, uh, Dean, for the phone call. Yep. Um, uh, Colas. Yeah, I would love to see him up here. Burger is rehabbing, and hopefully, when he's available, we will see him up here somehow, some way. We've got to take a break here. Tom is on the line. He wants to jump in on the White Sox. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We are here trying to figure out, uh, and and actually, Tom, you're going to like what Tom has to say, Brian. Um, I I think he is uh, thinking that you can stick a fork in him as well. And uh, we'll get to that phone call and yours at 312-332-3776. Talking White Sox on ESPN 1000, your home for the Chicago White Sox.
1: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on
4: Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's Home
2: for Sports.
4: ESPN Chicago.
2: Football Fest is free, but you do have to register for your tickets. Do that at ESPNFootballFest.com. Before we get to the phone calls, Brian, here is your starting lineup for the Chicago White Sox. Tim
3: Anderson
2: leading off? No, he is not because Tim is sitting out. Why? Suspension. Because he was suspended. Why? Well, I think you should know that by Tim now. Anderson, Tim Anderson. Yeah, because he's Tim. A.J. Pollock in right field starting off. That is your leadoff hitter. Luis Robert in center batting second. Eloy Jimenez batting uh, third in left. You've got uh, Jose DHing. Andrew Vaughn at first base. Juan oh, Mancata at third base. You've got Josh Harrison Playing second, Leuri Garcia batting eighth at short. So, Lenin Sosa will be on the bench, but he is with the big team. And Sebi Savala catching. There's another kind of bright spot for the Sox right there. Sebi mm-hmm. Savala. Yep. You know, we saw him last year. Wasn't super uh, consistent at the plate. This year, you know, he's, he's straightened some things out. So, that's been good. All right. Uh, here's the phone call I think that you're going to like. Brian, kind of Tom, kind of goes along with your thinking. Tom and Western Springs on ESPN one thousand. Hey, Tom.
5: Yeah, the bottom line is this is considered. I I'm not happy about this, but this is considered owner and team uh, fan abuse. Why? The White Sox are insignificant. They're done, right? They're, you could. I don't. You know. I wouldn't use the word done or put a fork in it. They're insignificant. They are not gonna. They're not good enough. And if they think that the twins are gonna lay down, that might happen. I doubt it. But in the overall theme of things, they're insignificant. And it's terrible for me to say that. But look at the lineup today, and look what with you know they want to blame everything on La Russa. It's not all La Russa. If these players can't realize that they're throwing away money that they would extra money they would get by. Uh, moving further in the playoffs in the World Series, then uh, then they're they're not only insignificant; they're dumb, and that's the bottom line.
2: Thanks. You're not. Tom. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. You're not. You're, you're not wrong. Tom brings up something that we have not talked about. But, you know, players play for championships, right? They play for success. But when you have success, you're on successful teams, you do good for your own personal brand. In this day and age, personal brand is a big deal, right, Brian? We all have our social channels and all this stuff, personal brand. You know, these athletes, they get endorsements. I'm not saying that any of that is really in any of their futures except for maybe local endorsements, but the point is, there is that too. I,
3: yeah, and I hear that, but, God forbid. I do. I want to be a fan of a team where the playoff pool money is what's motivating them to get to the. No, season? no, no. But it's all part I mean, of it. I I, I I hear that, and if it is part of it, then I got some issues. You, you're making more than enough. Okay, even if you're, you're, if you're on a major league roster, you know, you might not be making Juan Soto soon to be. Right,
2: but your minimum is still really good. And, and
3: but you should be. You should be wanted to be in the World Series because that's what you do as a professional at the major league level. That's the aspiration of all teams. I mean, well, not all front offices, but I would hope all players.
2: They aren't. That's the what we would like to believe, but
3: is it really? No, I'm with Tom, though. They're not good enough. and so No, they're not. When Rick Hahn stands up there and Sully said, Well, that's what he has to say. Okay, I get that. I don't have to buy it. I.
2: And we think, don't buy it. Anybody that's paying attention that has uh, something between their ears, you can't buy yeah, that. I can. I'll, I'll call. You can say that, and I can say BS, and I'll
3: call BS on it. Okay, this team died last night. I don't want to hear any more about oh, this upcoming stretch against crap teams. We'll be fine. We got the easiest schedule of anyone in the division from here until the end of the regular season with fifty-five games left. You are what you are, Bill Parcells. You are what your record says you are. That this team died when Dane Dunning can hold you to one infield single, uh and, and that's an 11-game under 500 Texas team. You four runs in three games last night. Watching that, it's just it's it's. Don't keep telling me you're good enough and you just got to grind and that, that things will fall into place and we're all healthy and watch this. I've been watching this, and you said earlier in the show, you know, what's the next? What's the next uh, goal? Excuse, or excuse? Yeah. yeah. What's the next one? Well, all here, the ones here, that though.
2: we've all the ones that we've heard this year, we yeah. have talked about, and they have been marked off the list.
3: Yeah, it, what the last three weeks of September? Here we go with the division again. Oh wait, you know, as long as we're right there, that's when we hit the accelerator. I don't buy it for a second. So they, they can't died. reach
2: the accelerator.
3: No, they 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 died for me last night. They 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 get the last rights. Um, they can't get three games over five hundred. I mean, they just can't. It's it's like uh, there's a, there's Rob Manfred has a rule that the White Sox can't be three games above 500, so that's why they have to lose. It's Sully said this, and it's it's pretty frightening. The team is adopting Tony Lewis's personality, and again, yes, we just played, I we wanted played, to talk about
2: that. Yes, it does play, seem that
3: way. We play nighttime Tony, right? Uh, after night game, Tony is it's painful to listen to. Uh, but
2: last year, you remember when Tony came to the team and we thought can he adapt to the new way of baseball the tim andersons you know all this right, kind of stuff right. when we that actually and this is this is going back to when we actually had swagger so let's pretend it's last year we have the swagger can this older guy a hall of fame manager adapt to the new ways of this game well it seems like they have adapted to who tony has become okay. he is not the fiery guy anymore he is uh, the guy that makes excuses he, for the bad enables, performance yeah. of the kids. He enables all of this, and it seems like they are just settling into this.
3: And, and here's the other thing on that. As I was watching that game last night and, and reading about how gassed the Bears were, we're going to get to the Bears, but how these first couple practices in full pads, you know, players talked about lit being laying, laid out on the, uh, in the locker room on the floor because they went through two hours of hell. They need Matt Eberflus to show up and just give a a pregame pep talk. I mean, he can't actually tell them that bring the hits principle. If you're going to do
2: that, just just they're not going to do that. But they really, literally need somebody else to
3: right. And and look, we know uh, Tony. If if I was the GM, he would have been fired by now. But certainly would have been fired after last night's game. I don't know if Rickon's on the trip. My guess is probably not. But I would have been as much as Tony doesn't bring players into his office because he doesn't want to intimidate them. I, I, if I was Riccardi, I would have been waiting in, in, in Tony's office, and he would have been relieved of his duties after last night's game. It should have happened months ago. We know it's not going to happen. We've gone over chapter and verse. As long as Jerry Reinsdorf is, is taking in breath, Tony ain't going anywhere unless Tony goes to him and says, "I'm done," and that doesn't appear to be an, uh, a possibility.
2: And and. I said it a few weeks ago, and I'll say it again. That's the only thing that if you really want to see change with this team, you hope that something like that might happen. People I saw on Twitter all over the place after last night, you're not the only one to just be disgusted. I am too, and there are a lot of people saying, all right, that's enough of Medikino. Stop. Do something. I'm at the point that I would like to, them to do something either, you know, maybe something symbolic like fire uh, i don't know fire fire medicino or, or or something's got to happen because uh otherwise we're we're just all we're just all, well, here, we're just it, all it, fatigued was, we're tired was, that's enough of
3: this nothing was, is changing was uh, caller polly said it's owner fan abuse you know he's yeah, he's not wrong okay and, and, and shame on the owner okay because of whatever you know obligation loyalty best friend whatever you have going Tony La Russa and you felt like you 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 know you, you, there was one thing in your life you had to correct and you did it to to the detriment of everyone in that organization everybody that who
2: supports base. your team Absolutely. financially
3: right and i mean after a game like last night a manager like Tony La Russa would have been fired now he should you could have argued he could have been fired five times this year but that to me was a tipping point for me, and I'm not even a Sox fan. Yeah. I'm just yeah. a fan of watching baseball. Hey, hey, hey you know, it, 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 firing, the, it, firing the batting coach right now, you know, there's not enough time left in the season for someone to come in and, and change everyone's approach and everything else. That, that might make somebody feel good for a day or two. It's
2: symbolic, that, and I said that as much. It, no, it's I, symbolic. I, I get you,
3: right. but the yeah. manager has to be fired.
2: The yeah, no, no doubt, hard. no doubt. And I'm saying, I'm saying that because we know he is not going to get fired. And the thing is, we've talked about how, if you're a Cubs fan, do you want to give your money and support an organization that has abused you as a fan base? We can say the same thing on the south side. Every game that goes by that we have a bad performance for this supposed World Series bound team, we could that's team, right. Yeah. We could say that for the South Side. Before we hit break, we've got Jim in Crystal Lake wants to jump in. Hey Jim, what's up? Hey guys.
5: So uh, did the White Sox say as a whole that they needed to be pushed last year and? that the way they ran away with the division yeah i remember
2: that
5: yeah yeah right 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 well they're being pushed all right i'm not sure they're being pushed by another team they're probably being pushed by themselves they're beating themselves but i i just kind of wonder all right here you are be careful what you wish for you got what you wish for go for it guys
3: yeah i wish they were pushing themselves Thanks, Jim. yeah i don't see it i, I mean no, i don't see no, they no they're talk. not they're not they all say the right things. Oh, you know, we've got to keep grinding, and, and we just have to bring the right approach and work hard. And, okay, we're sitting here on August 7th. All right,
2: 55 games left. Jim is exactly right. Last year it was the whole we ran away with the division, we got kind of easy. lazy, whatever, it was too easy. They got what they wished for. Be careful, especially when you can't live up to those standards, and that's what's happened this this year. They got what they wished for, and they can't hang. They can't. Yeah, this- this this is a
3: swagger i mean you know this is all this is all window dressing it's all this team is what it is and and you know everyone's enabling right so you know tony enables poor performance and tips his cap to the to dane dunning for a great performance okay that, that's you know that's not good enough don't don't I, it's too late in the season for for cap tipping
2: okay it, excuses are gone they're all gone unless you can find another one we haven't heard another one that actually makes sense <laughs> There's no more to lean on. That's it, Brian. No, it's, they did.
3: Someone needs to, they they died last night. And, and so, you know, I keep waiting for someone, uh, someone on the team, a player to kick somebody in the ass, getting somebody, you know, have a shouting match, do something. And st- instead, I told us, you know, that they're just becoming surly for surly's sake because they're tired of answering the same questions as to, you know, how's this going to get better or when are you guys going to start playing consistently and, and now they 're just you know some some people said on Twitter a week or so ago we talked about that they hate this team that 's pretty strong, those are fans talking
2: well, they, you know, and I get that, I get that because we were sold something, and there's so many fingers to point everywhere it's it's just it 's fatiguing three one, two three three two three seven, seven, six, Brian. I know that you don't have a lot of time to watch TV. I've already given you some TV assignments, and you I, I'm not sure if you got into Letterkenny yet and, and some of the other stuff, but there's another show that you need to put on your priority list, all right? We'll talk about right. that when we get back here on ESPN 1000.
4: Welcome back to Xander and Hanley
5: on ESPN Chicago.
6: Chicago is
2: home for sports. 11.36 on a Sunday morning. We're clubbing up in here, though. There's the State Street Fest outside the window. I got some DJ just pumping the tunes like it's about 2 in the morning at some club. Those
3: days long gone for me.
2: Yeah, they're they're in the rear view for me, too. Broadcasting from the old National Bank studio here on State Street. All right, uh, before we get into this uh, TV show that you have to watch, did you get into Letterkenny yet? I tried. Now, that's Hulu?
3: Is that Hulu? I tried. Yeah. I was about the second or third hoop I had to jump through, and I
2: just... I just forget. You know, it's better watched in the winter. It's very hockey-centric. Yeah. All right, let's get to Jordan here downtown. Wants to talk about the White Sox. On ESPN 1000. Hey, Jordan.
6: Hey, gentlemen. How are you today? Good. Yeah, I've been listening to the stuff. Hey, come on now. The general manager, they haven't provided any... They got rid of Rodan, never substituted another starter. You got a guy at third base who's outlived his potential. You got a guy at short that needs to go. Third base has gotta go. And you got a left fielder who's at best, in the famous words of Leo DeRocher, plays the outfield with a meat cleaver. (laughs) (laughs) Those those three guys gotta go. They've gotta go and you gotta get some pitching. I blame Tony, the way Tony coaches, he hasn't changed at all. What Tony does is lets everybody play and at the end of the season, who's ever the hottest will play. This is what he's done with St. Louis and and Oakland and everyone else. So do I blame Tony? He's he's a scapegoat. It's the general manager and the owners who let the general managers do what they're doing. They've not improved the team from last year.
3: You tell me where there's been an improvement. No, there hasn't. And
2: and we expected a big one. You're right. You're right. There has not been one.
3: Yeah, Montana's not going anywhere. Thanks, Jordan. He's making $17 next um, year and $25 million Look, beyond that. You know, it's- he
2: said that uh, Tony was a scapegoat. Uh, this is my take on it, okay? We have a lineup that is not as good as we were told that they were. However, Tony is not getting the most out of what we do have. So there's blood on everybody's hands. Absolutely. From the front office to Tony to the players who are not playing up to their potential no matter who's coaching them. Okay. Except and, and, with a few exceptions, uh, Brayu being one of them, and Dylan What, C's.
3: what is and Dylan C's, and Cueto? Yeah. What What is a coach or manager's biggest job? It's to maximize whatever talent that that is right player has. Put him in a position that he can succeed in. To, to give him the best opportunity to, to maximize his talents and his abilities. Yep. Beyond Dylan so who I think pretty much is self motivated, uh, from what I can understand and see. Mm. And I don't think Tony's a hands-on type guy with pitchers. Um, you know, give me the long list of players who've who've uh, really increased and advanced and be, you know matured talent-wise under this current regime. I mean, you got guys you sign it to. To the caller's point, you know, Grandal signs and it's great because he wants to be a part of this and he hasn't lived up to his money. Nope, you overpaid Mancado off a, a great year and he hasn't. He's gone south on you the younger guys we're talking about Vaughn he's not being put in the best possibility best possible position no, to he's maximize not. Right. right and
2: and and that is coaching all right jack in bronzeville hey jack you're on ESPN 1000
3: hey what's
4: up happy morning guys um you know this team is not serious about winning the World series and i'm not talking necessarily about the players you know they all they could do is try their best this organization has blown it from the get-to-go. Ever since I hired Tony Larusa, and they showed they are not serious. You know, I can understand you bring in Tony for the first year to uh, kind of set the tone. and after that, you need a manager that wants to win. Tony wants to be there, you know, because he doesn't want to be sitting on the couch. Now, the, the the other smoke that they've been blowing us is this past postseason. Uh, they made little to no improvements. And then what happens at the trade deadline? You're playing not for- Exactly, your plan failed by not adding anything, so what do they do? They add little to nothing again. This team is not serious about winning the World Series, guys. All Jerry wants to do in the organization is sell tickets and just meet the standard for not looking like they suck. You know what's bad? I love Jose Abreu. He's my favorite player in the whole MLB. He's the best player on the team right now, and he's 36 years old. Yep. What did they say about your young core that makes no sense? And absolutely nothing wrong with him. And more proud to him because he's having an awesome season as usual. But they need to start making changes until they do. All they're doing is selling a sizzle and not the steak, man. It's getting old after a while as a season ticket holder.
2: Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. You know, you know what? Uh, that goes back to my tweet. They just don't want it bad enough because they did not do what they needed to do coming into this season or even at the trade deadline, it's right. as simple as that, Brian.
3: Right. I mean, where's did, did you make a play for Kyle Schwarber, who's hitting a home run every eleven at bats for the Phillies? You know, yesterday the White Sox. It's not even to- a
2: swing and a miss. There was no swings. They didn't no, take their no, bat off the even, shoulder.
3: Right. I mean, he wasn't. You didn't have a need for him. I mean, I, I don't right. get it. You didn't want to pay him. I don't know. But yesterday, baseballreference.com playoff probability. Um, now what's it down to? Well, it was yesterday. It was thirty-eight point three percent. Right. And it was. When you first
2: uh, brought it up, it was like 22%.
3: Correct. So, because they won, what, 15 to 22 going into yesterday?
2: Yeah, I don't buy it. Uh,
3: okay. And 29.6% chance to win the division. Unfortunately, the Twins were 55.9% 50, uh, to be a playoff team, including 46.6% to win the division. In one game, the game that the White Sox officially uh, were, were toe tagged for in my world and then and, and pulled the sheet over them and when we said uh, last rights they today. They're thirty-one point one percent to be a playoff team, and uh, your 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 twins are are up to, um, you know, increased to sixty-one point three percent. That that game, you, you had the two teams that you're fighting you know allegedly battling against. They win, and you can't even get the bat off his shoulder against Dane Dunning. It, 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 you're, you're chasing fools gold here. This team. Rick Hahn can tell you all about the talent that he has on paper. And he, he told you again, like you said, Tuesday by not doing anything. And he told you in the offseason when he didn't do enough. He, they, they rode this team into town and thought, well, we were a playoff team last year. Certainly we're going to take you, you know
2: You know year. what it is, Brian? It is, you know, they're not willing to do what it takes. No. What, they're, what they are willing to do is do what they can and hope that it takes mm-hmm. enough. You know, hope that it is enough. Enough to get to where they wanted to go, the World Series championship team that they thought that they had, and Meanwhile, we saw plenty of we saw plenty of action around the league that showed us that teams really were going for it. The Twins, they go out and get Carlos Correa, right? And then
3: they, we said last week they need a starter and two bullpen arms. They go get a starter and two bullpen arms. I mean, they, they're not sitting there saying, "Well, this is a crap division, and we're, we're first. We're going to win this thing." They just don't want to win the division. They apparently want to make some noise in the playoffs. And here your Chicago White Sox sit, the same spot they've sat for three months.
2: And this is why somebody brought up a fan abuse. And it is a bit of fan abuse because we're being told to believe something that we clearly cannot believe based on actions. No,
3: because we're watching it. We're watching it. Right, we're right there. Your your, your eyes don't lie.
2: You You know what you see, and it's not near good enough. Yep. You know it. It it has. Uh, it's been such a point of contention all year. We catch a gear and then we lose the gear, and we can't seem to get off, uh, get to uh, above uh, five hundred by three games. Has been since April. Since that's the point. Uh, Giolito's on the mound today. That's a test. The best we can do is split now. When we should have taken at least three or four from Texas. Hey, in don't Texas.
3: worry. The all the star break's coming next week, and they're going to get a, a boy. You, a you know,
2: you need a new calendar. No, I think I'm your phone you, is broke.
3: This this team is tired, and they're going to get three days, four days of break, and they're going to come out roaring. And that schedule sets up for them, and they've got. You, you promise? Are teams. you
2: promise me? Uh, is this all a promise? You making me a promise? No, it's all the excuses we heard. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get a rest. We're it's got, a lie. Oh, and, and oh, teams. injuries. Oh, they're oh, all bad. Now we're healthy. Yeah, we're mostly except for Aaron Bummer. That's okay. Yeah. He wouldn't make yeah. the difference.
3: Yeah, but uh, when all those things come together in the the third week of September watch where
2: this team goes oh stop we've yeah. heard enough all right brian we will uh, get to that tv show uh, it, it is a must watch we'll get to that next in uh, after this break here on espn 1000
6: follow chicago's home for sports
4: on instagram at espn underscore chicago this is Xander and hanley on chicago's home for sports espn chicago
2: All right, Brian, you're born and bred in Chicago. Same here for me, right? Anybody who's been here long enough in Chicago understands the vibe of Chicago. So there's this TV show that I want to play a little clip from here.
1: Yes, sir. I'm going to make three sections, okay? They're going to be wet, hot, and sweet. All right, I'm going to take green tape, make those sections. Louie, yes, I want sir. you to get the sandwiches, put them in, in the funding sections. Okay, Toppy. yeah, yeah. Yo, sweet, oh, oh, oh. sharpie, label that <laughs> please, chef.
2: Yes, sir. Carmen Berzato, a young, brilliant chef for the fine dining world, is forced to return home to his family sandwich shop, the original beef of Chicagoland, after a heartbreaking death in his family. This is from IMDb. A world away from what he's used to, Carmen must balance the soul-crushing reality of trading in Michelin-star restaurants for the small business's kitchen filled with strong-willed and recalcitrant staff and strained familial relationships all while grappling with the impact of his brother's suicide. This is The Bear on FX. Now, when you watch this TV show, if you're not aware of it, you you got to start watching it. It's so very Chicago. It is filmed in uh, Mr. Beef on Orleans. They filmed it in that space. How do I know? Because I've ingested many beefs in that. Fine establishment. I'm sure you have too, Brian Hanley.
3: Uh, they yeah, and I I grew up at Johnny's in uh, El- Elwood Park. Uh, another fabulous beef place. I There's mean, so many to mention. The, the best, and and yeah. so um, I was just telling Jake too, during the break, and didn't know you were gonna recommend that show. I've been watching it. Right?
2: Wait, 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 Brian Hanley, who has not watched uh Get Back, hasn't watched like I've I've thrown a list out of must watch yeah. stuff that everybody else in the world has actually watched, and yeah. you haven't, and you have this long list, but you go right to the bear. I've been watching it
3: since it started. And um, is a star. I, I can't think of his name. He was in Shameless. And I, I love Shameless.
2: Yeah, yeah. He was a teenager in Shameless, right?
3: Yes. And
2: and he's a, he
3: said he's appreciative for Chicago because it keeps him working. <laughs> it and, does. And, and it is filmed. And uh, they did the exterior interiors um, at Mr. Beef on Orleans, like you said. Yeah. And but it, it's uh, it's still recorded at Cinespace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the big studio complex. that has been huge for Chicago. But I was just telling Jake, he says he likes to watch cooking shows uh, behind your chef. And I I, I will say this about I will say this about the show. The first four episodes, you know, you got to stick with it because it's worth it. You do. It's a it's a little it's a little slow going and a little kind of dark at at spots. And, you know, I, I was ready to give up on it, but.
2: The storyline, you said slow going, but when you watch it, you actually, your heart starts to palpitate. And there are professionals that say it is so realistic, they can't watch it. Right. The kitchen, and and like the kitchen is like an orchestra.
3: Yeah, and everyone's got a job to do. And when the kitchen is singing, everyone's doing their job, and it's chemistry and all that. But it is um, and Chicago being a great foodie town and, and having great chefs at, at all levels of, you know from fine dining all the way down to beef shops and hot dog stands. I mean, talked to Mike North, the great Mike North, and he and B.B. had their hot dog stands. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it, it's it is it's wonderful. It's Chicago. It's uh, it's it is well, just well done. so
2: very Chicago. Yeah, uh, right, Jeff. You see uh, you see that uh, in there where he calls Carmi because he's a Michelin star uh, you know, chef. Right. He's like, we call each other chef. That's a sign of respect. Right. And Rosie calls everybody Jeff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I have taken to calling random people in my life Jeff. It's That's right. how much I mean, I'm enjoying this show. Right. And, of course, the- they get the reference if they watch.
3: The whole ensemble of the cast, I mean, everyone's just great actors and actresses. It's well-written, well-done. Um, yeah, highly recommend it. Um, again, it, it it might take you a little bit of perseverance to get through the first two, three, four episodes. See, it did it take you that
2: long? It was halfway through the first, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I got it right away, but I got hooked halfway through the first. And yeah. and sometimes, you know, these things do take an episode or two to get into it. right. I mean, the first
3: well, you know, the first three or four aren't aren't late episodes. I mean, you know, no, they're, no. they're laying the groundwork and right. all, you know, building all the foundations from for the characters and so you you know know the backstories and all. But so no, I, I I didn't know you bring that up, and yeah. I was just mentioned to Jake, who yeah. t- told me during the break, by the way, that his uh, his girlfriend knew the, uh, Staley's full name, so she's a keeper, right? She knew Staley Daberry.
2: Wow, fabulous!
1: Dude. She's a keeper, Jake. Put yeah. a ring on that. She yeah. said she doesn't like any because I, I think I used your line, uh, Clark, no pants, Brian. Yeah, that's and she, the, no pants Clark slander, she said.
2: Nope. Oh, All right, uh. so if you know this show, then you heard this. I I need you to help me make sense of this, okay? This is from the TV show The Bear, an FX available streaming via Hulu. I haven't
1: gotten Yo, to know f- you on the Kennedy. You chill the
5: f- out. Cicero lives in Naperville. No. <sighs> Cicero's in Wilmette now. You got to get on the no. No, Edens. No, that's, that's right.
1: That's right. That's
2: my bad. They mentioned getting to, uh, you're on the Kennedy going to Naperville. No. And then you have to go to the Edens to get up to Wilmette. Now, that's, that's correct. correct yes. But how do you, so how does that make sense? If you're going south, this is the only way it could make sense, okay? I figured this out. If you're going south on the Kennedy to the Edens Junction and you get off at, uh, what is that, Keeler there, and you go under and you reverse your course, get on the Edens north. That's the only way you can make that happen and still say you're kind of on your way to Naperville. <laughs> but then yeah. again, why are you taking that way? You can go down no. 53. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, that, yeah. that makes me crazy. I'm the guy. I am the guy when I watch TV shows like in the 70s, like in, uh, I don't know, say, what was it? Uh, Streets of San Francisco or something. Right. Remember that old show? It was Michael no, Douglas yeah, in there? Yeah. No, like, uh, where like where like a like a Chevy, like the police car is a Ford, and they're yeah. chasing a Chevy, and the Chevy jumps and lands as a Ford. It's like okay, what's wrong so with much. the continuity here? Can please can you guys please pay attention? And that will drive you nuts. But, and uh, when Harry met Sally, they were going the
3: wrong way on Lakeshore Drive. Yes,
2: right? yes.
3: Yeah. I mean, they were supposedly going to New York, right? And they were going north
2: for all the know. money that is spent on films and TV shows. You would think that they would try to get it exactly right. Now I know that there's Chicago Med and you know all this other stuff. There's sure. a lot of stuff that I have not watched. No, I won't watch. And and there you know who knows how detailed that is, but that caught my attention. And even as I watched it, it's like, wait a minute, I got to make sense of this. This is driving the, um, me
3: crazy. The the first one was it? Uh, what was the first one? of The Chicago franchise. It was Chicago. I, I didn't watch it, but they used. The uh, ostensibly on the TV show, the house that six or seven of them shared um, was you know, it, it was the corner house on my block, right? What TV it, show would this have been? It was the first, whatever, the uh, the Chicago PD, the Chicago. Oh, era. okay, okay. What was the
2: first one? Sh- Chicago Fire?
3: Yeah, okay, okay. So, you know, supposedly the six or seven of them, and you know, they, they all come out of this big house and. and all I know is I didn't watch it because they also every week or two they shut down the entire damn neighborhood and because they were filming right they were filming in the house or filming outside the house and they would also film over at, uh uh was it uh the, the bar on um Lottie's Lottie's yeah, right okay. yeah, that, yeah and they renamed it for the show mm-hmm. but anyway I was coming out to get my mail one day and some woman with a headset and walkie-talkie starts screaming at me that I'm in the shot and to get the hell back in my house. I'm like, I didn't know I was in the house working all day. I just came out to get my mail and now I'm being told to get in the house because... You know,
2: hey, we're much- getting into the script already. Somebody's getting their
3: mail. Big oh, deal. Send me God. a check. And it's like, you can't go down your alley and park your car in your garage because we're, we're very important Hollywood people. I'm like, okay, where am I supposed to park? Well, about three blocks from here. I'm like, so, that's, so, I mean, I tired re- real quickly on that show and never watched it, but because... For the Out a spite. The first couple of years, they were they were just, you know, making
1: my life... They got the, their permits, Brian. You can't mess yeah, with them. Yeah, the of God. Well, you yeah. I love how
2: You should have made uh, friends with one of the uh, producers. Maybe you could have worked yourself into uh, a scene yeah, or two.
3: Yeah, I know. I think that ship sailed. Um, But anyway, yeah, I just uh, as soon as I saw those the signs go up that they they tied. Brian Hanley playing
2: crabby old guy getting his mail. Take
3: one. (laughs) (laughs) But then, you know, the no parking signs would go up because we're going to be filming and you're like, oh, here they come. Here they come. All
2: right. So we're up against break. We are going to talk about the bears. But I have one more bear cut to play. I want to play outside this break. Is that cool, Jake? We'll play it on the other side of this break. Because it's sports related from the TV show. And if we're talking about this on ESPN 1000, we have to hear this next cut. We'll do it after the break. Back in two on ESPN 1000 Chicago.